Hi, and welcome to the Rugby Bits podcast. And today, as you can hear, I'll be taking control of things. Tyler's unfortunately unable to join us, and Cooks is still gallivanting overseas, sending the best daily updates of his time in London. For those that have missed it, please follow him on socials and pick up all the weird and wonderful things that he's figuring out about, uh, about London life. Today, I'm joined by Jared. So, Jay, my man, how are you doing? It's good to have you back. Just us two, should I say? It's always fun banter. It's a, it's a, it's a nice one to kick off, and uh, we can really get into the Finn Russell slander. Um, can also talk a bit about <laughs> bit about Hastings missing out and uh, oh. not going to France either. So we can we can really chat about uh, the overrated Scottish fly halves <laughs> and, uh, and really get into it. Um, this is when I put in my declaim- disclaimer as being a host that it just kind of goes with the things and views of Jared are not mine. Some <laughs> we'll totally climb in. I'm just kidding. Right, just we're going to briefly go over um, some some of the test results this weekend, um, and then obviously the top fourteen and the Pro D two started. So there are three rounds in France before the World Cup kicks off. But yeah, Tonga Canada. Um, Tonga beat Canada earlier last week. Um, their second test match. Uh, they're two for two against Canada. Barbarian Samoa. So Samoa beat Barbarians 28-14. There were quite a few South Africans playing in the bar bars, which was which was quite cool. Jared, I know you picked up one of the tries then. Quite a fun celebration. Yeah, yeah. So uh, JL Dupria just like forced his way over like he does with most tries. And then uh, all the players sort of gathered around and sat down and um, they had like a little tea party and then clapped off. So it was quite good to see. It was also it was also funny because all the players are running towards there and you see Joe Dweber like come charging in from the side and have a little slip before he sees his ass and sits down. <laughs> um, Brilliant. But yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to lie, I didn't see too much of the game. Um, nice for uh, Lima Sopawanga to finally put on the Samoa jersey. Not his official yeah. debut, but... Uh, quite nice for him and then uh yeah it was amazing to see Verumi Fakatawa back on a pitch like Amen. that was awesome and uh that's the one part I did see is that he got such a raucous um celebrate like standing ovation when he left the pitch it was just yeah it's it's the stuff that you that you love to see like yeah hopefully he picks up another contract and uh he's he's passed by the French medicals or and maybe you go play in England or probably better off playing in the URC where his contract is a bit more secure, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. He he really seems like a quiet, nice all round kind of guy. His rugby mm. was incredible, is incredible. And uh and for the time he's not been available to play, it's he's been missed. So so super happy <laughs> to have him back. The other results, Uruguay and the Argentina fifteen. So Uruguay won thirty three thirteen. And Georgia beat the USA 22-7. Um, yeah, Jared, I know, obviously, and for everyone, we really want to talk about the Springboks. So I, what I'm going to quickly do is I'm just going to go through some of the other other results. So France and Fiji and rounded up things on, on Saturday. Uh, France beat Fiji 34-17, a pretty decent showing by the Fijians for most part. I didn't get to watch too much of the game. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw it a bit in passing. And what I will yes. say is... Uh, it was a strong Fijian side, and a lot of people said it was their strongest. I don't think any Fijian team without Nakalevu in the senses is their strongest nowadays. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it, and it's it's always nice to see Makalu running at full tilt. Hey, yes, it's that man's fast. He yeah, he did that, a Peter Steph Dutoy uh, intercept this weekend, but he had the gas to go away. Man, I love he's quick. Yeah, I tell you, the Virgins are are great to watch. But I do. I was talking to someone, and I was just saying, um, I think this is probably Virgins' strongest or best rounded side that we've seen at a World Cup. And then I remembered in the 2019 World Cup, like they were pretty decent, but they just didn't, they didn't push on. That's what, what mm. I thought about. I thought they were going to do better, but they seem to be stronger at the set piece and scrum time now, this, this time around, than what they did last year or last World Cup in 2019. They look pretty handy up front. Now they, they seem better, which I'm, is always we've always kind of felt that that's really been the, yeah. the Achilles heel of the Fijian game is that they will never be really competitive up front in the test space. And now they're starting to do that. And like, there's no doubt about it, they've got the skills all from one to 23 to compete in open play. It was always about securing that set piece. And we all know they've got the backs that will run for days. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, excited I, th- I to thought Glenn Potter. I thought Vern Carter was going to do that for them. And obviously his uh, time in charge was ravished. Uh, yeah, but COVID uh, as well, they barely played any games between the last two, the last World Cups. But now they've brought in, I think it's uh, Simon Rayawalu. I think I've got it there. It's just about, but if you go watch Squidge's video on it, uh, he gives a nice background of the guy. But he, he was the Wallabies uh, coaching, uh, scrumming coach during the Michael Checker age. Um, he's well known within the Fijian structures. He's been in multiple positions there. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think the Fijian Drua also playing, there's such a strong contingent from, from, there from that super rugby team in the national squad that it's it's helped that uh cohesiveness in their pack and that kind of thing so yeah yeah, yeah. The continuity yeah exactly um, pretty awesome i'm super excited to see them i actually haven't really watched them a lot leading up to this world cup specifically this year so but yeah the other game um italy romania italy beat romania 57 7 i think the big taking away from that is capoazzo ran 5,000 meters in a game or something. I think, I think, <laughs> Two, 248, I think he's in like the 248. 248. Is, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even do that as fitness training for preseason. That's a lot of meters, man. But and, um, and I saw the, uh, Mr. Brex was getting some, some shout outs as well for being, um, the slowest person, this player that still looks slow in slow-mo, or he looks faster in slow-mo than he does in real life. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that, um, I think it was Twitter, I think I saw that, and I don't know who sent it, but I had a chuckle and I was like, damn it, I really got to watch some some of him to see what they're talking about. But, but yeah, he actually scored the weekend as well. So that was yeah. a good result for Italy. Um, yeah. Yeah, four players over 100 meters made against Romania. So, yeah, um, that that's mad. I, I, I think Dino Lamb made, Dino Lamb, the second rower, made 70 meters. <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> Listen, Peter Steph the toy made a lot of meters and it was all of one intercept as well, eh? No, exactly. Um, yeah. <clears throat> okay, I think, you know, I really want to chat about Ireland and England, but we're going to leave that till the end. The most important part and the whole reason why almost all of you listeners, the Dirt Trackers are here and definitely why Jared and I are here, are to talk about the Springboks. And so just to kind of, 
pull everything in. The Springboks played uh, in Wales against Wales, obviously. Let's play a game of state the obvious. Um, it's our second last uh, pre, uh, pre-World Cup game. So we've got the All Blacks on Friday. And yeah, the Bucks named a reasonably strong side. Uh, sorry, I, I like. They named a, a, a strong side. And so so did Wales. And they had a couple of guys they had to pull out late, mostly in the backs. So mm. I had a bit of a feeling, and I hate having these feelings, but I, I actually messaged a couple of mates and I said, I think the books are going to kick on 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 Saturday, and kick on they did. I'm super, yo, super impressed uh, with mm. what they did. So historically, the Springboks don't really um, sort of put people away. Um, we are if a team plays badly against us, we generally play bad. We'll win, but we never really are ruthless against anyone. We did that against Australia. That was earlier this year, and now we did it against Wales. And it was a tough start to the game, but we ended up winning 16-52. What, what a flipping result. Jared, did you obviously enjoyed it? Give us a little bit of a, a little bit of an intro and a preview to it. Yeah, I, I think you did a great job there, Sean. Like, well done, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I do agree with you. It's like uh, they named a very experienced team and then they lost, I, th- I think it was like... 300 or almost 400 test caps worth of experience of players draw, withdrawing before the game. So I'll, I'll just give, give myself, I'll give myself a little bit of a plug in. I wrote my Planet Rugby preview of the game and um, I initially put six points uh, Springbok victory with the initial team's name because guys like Dan Bigger, Liam Williams, it would have made things a bit more ugly for us and someone like Alex Cuthbert, who also missed that, um, would have done the same. But uh, yeah, looking back, I was probably naive to think that we would have won by six points. It probably would have been a bit more even with those guys in. Um, but every I changed my prediction to 12 points. And then when the other injuries came in, I probably should have upped it even more. And like you said, the Springboks aren't known for like completely putting teams away, like tier one teams. Like We'll still keep it pretty tight every now and then. But it was really great to see us be ruthless. And I like that uh, our trials didn't just come from um, our pack dom- dominance. Uh, we could have really just kicked to the corner every single time. Our more was steaming. We could have steamrolled and, yeah, Malcolm Marks could have gone far clear of Skogberger if he really wanted to, if we really turned the, the notches up there. But we, we got to see some great attacking play from the Springboks and some awesome defensive displays as well. Yeah, so that was a big thing for me is this whole year I've been focused on the Springboks and, and their defense. I think it's no, no surprise and it's no secret, but that's like the cornerstone of who the Springboks are, this current crop. It's, everything's about it. And Test Rugby is about defense. Um, but on the attacking side, so Springboks scored eight tries to one. Um, Wales scored their try at the very end. A um, little bit controversial. So the first half uh, ended very much in the Springboks' favor. I think... You know, we we got off to to a great start with a nice with a nice early try, but then had to had to hang around and fight it out a little bit. So Mark and Mark scored scored the first try off um, an unbelievable offload from Captain Fantastic Sia Kalisi, who's back, played forty minutes, exceptional game. I think everyone was just basically watching him, just hoping hoping upon hope that <laughs> nothing happened to him. And man, I mean, so Vili LaRue is probably the architect of that try. Manny Libok at, at nine, very briefly, um, while Jaden was out the mix. 
and then into Lebo, uh, into LaRue Stationery, what's 10 meters out. Flat pass to Khaleesi. Khaleesi drives through two players. To be fair, the defense shot up, and he squeezes off an offload to Malcolm Marks, and that's how the game started. Um, mm -hmm. And um, brilliant. Khaleesi also made a, what, a 40-meter chase down of, a, of, a, of their fullback, uh, who was Evans, yeah. who was on, on oh, debut. Evans. Yeah, and um, yeah, pretty, pretty impressive all round. But just a couple of issues. I mean, the, the major talking point um, is, is, um, is Manny LeBoc's kicking for poles, which has been a bit shaky the last couple of test matches. Um, I personally, I mean, I'm worried about it. I personally don't think it's like throw, throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of stuff because all everywhere, every other aspect of his game seems to be growing on, on a test level week on week, which I'm super happy to see. But we've just got to settle him in on, on the kicking point of view. Your thoughts on, 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 his, on his general play, um, kicking for poles excluded? Yeah, well, I, I wanted to just quickly have a quick say on the kicking for poles. It doesn't really matter when you score eight tries to one. Um, like your extra two points is not going to matter too little or extra three little points. You, you're going to run away with the game. So I do want to get that one out quickly. And uh, yeah, Jacques pretty much brushed it off as well. Like it didn't really matter in this match. It will matter going forward, but right now it's not too much of a concern that can come right. So yeah, I'll get that out of the way. But I, I, I also got... Again, I'll plug myself up. I'll put my player ratings out. And, oh, no. uh, I've got them here. We're going to talk about them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We can talk about them because, okay. uh, 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 yeah, you know, I've always say that your ratings uh, fluctuate when you give it a second watch. And I thought I was generous in giving Marnie an eight and I got quite a bit of stick for that. And then when I went back and watched the game, I was quite happy that I gave him an eight because he actually deserved it. Like his uh, general kicking play was pretty damn high um his passing accuracy and decision making was exceptional i mean that trial for caden moody he had to thread that ball through a fucking haystack like a hay a single hay not a haystack a hay <laughs> and he managed to get it away to to valley larue who threw that bullet out to uh moody and who caught it on his fucking ankles so yeah, that that try, I, I love that try because it, it it's such a it's such a small margins try, and we can get into that a bit later. But uh, overall, I thought he had a great game. We've spoken a bit before about line kicking with the the Plahovs, and I know it's a pet peeve of yours when they don't find touch, like Andre Polo doing it once a game for the Springboks. And mm. yeah, Marnie missed one, but like. The way you look at Marnie's one, it was unbelievable play from Kai Evans. It was Kai Evans as him. well, eh? Yeah, it was Kai Evans as well. <laughs> like, it was unbelievable play from him. Like, you're not going to get that very often, that a player is going to be able to do that. If his kick was, was about three centimeters higher, it would have gone to touch. Like, that's how, that's how close it was, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, well, if it was just a little bit harder, then it might have uh, been too much momentum for Kai Evans to go the other direction. It, it, yeah, it's yeah. margins, small margins. But, I mean, his other kicks, he was kicking, he, his one kick, it was on the Springboks 10 meter line and he didn't have a great angle to work with and he put it five meters out from touch and we scored. That was, uh, that led to Damien Willems' try after Peter Steph Toy was held up. Yes, and then we yes. did the tap play the move came back and Damien Phillips has scored. So 
and then we talk about that pass from Marnie LeBoc to Damien Phillips. It was an outrageous pass as well. So, <laughs> so yeah, overall, I think there were some soft spots from Marnie. There was one uh, that cross kick I don't think was on where uh, Colby was maybe lucky that he didn't get a yellow card for that one. It wasn't too bad, but another day yeah, the referee yeah. might have given him a yellow for that. But uh, overall, I, th- I, th- I thought it was a commanding um, performance from him, especially when um Vili LaRue went off because Vili LaRue is basically the boss of that back line no matter who's at fly off and when LaRue went off it was Marnie's back line and I thought that was quite important and it's going to be important this weekend as well yeah I I thought your your rating of eight was I wouldn't say generous I just thought I probably would have knocked him down a half or maybe two seven I thought his play was was good Kicking for poles was was not great. That missed touch uh, finder where Kai Evans kept it in was <clears throat> was crazy. I don't think you know he missed it. Like the bottom line is he missed it. And there was another mm. kick that he's he's pushed where um, uh, he sent it out in the full. So the kicking side was a bit iffy. But honestly, the kicking for touch and all that sort of jazz, I don't ever see that as a problem for him. So I thought he had a decent game, barring the kick for poles. So so mm. yeah, but. Can we yeah, go a bit more <laughs> hmm? I was going to say, can we go on a positive one now? And we talk about uh, the man of the moment, the man that played the 40 minutes. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I, I, I am. And I, I am. And it, we, I'm kind of going through this timeline of, of how things happen. But next up is Keanu Moody's try. And all set up. I tell you, the, the funniest thing, life comes at you fast, eh? but Johnny Williams pushing Peter Steff to toy up the field early on after making that tackle and turnover, it gets a little bit boisterous. But in the build-up to Moody's try, or was it was it Moody's try? Where yeah. where Johnny Williams gets uh, gets absolutely obliterated by Malcolm Marks and then shoots up in the line who is ball-watching everything as Manny um, kind of dummies him and then plays uh, plays Willemse. So, um, sorry, LaRue. LaRue. So, yeah, super, super interesting. But Cannon Moody, so... Very interesting. I've been chatting a lot on on socials the last couple of weeks because everyone, you know me, like South Africans are always about the next best thing. Like they don't want um, Jesse Creel. They, they need, they've got to have another center and they're all talking about Cannon Moody. And I'm not opposed to him playing 13. I I am opposed to everyone thinking that he's going to be our, the next best thing at 13 for this World Cup coming up. I think he's a 2024 mm-hmm. option. And um, yeah, the biggest thing for me is his defense. The way the reads that he does and how he executes them, he was he he, he was found a little wanting in one of them, um, but nothing serious came of it. And I think that's the important thing is that yeah, that was uh, the toy straw. That Sorry? was before the toy straw. That was before the toy straw. Oh. He got beaten. He got beaten on the edge by um, Lewis Rezamet and yes. sprinted back and made the tackle on Lewis. Uh, Lewis yes, he recovered. Costello, he recovered, yeah. And he made the tack on Costello and we intercepted like 30 seconds later and scored that try. I know. But that's the big thing for me is Moody's, like his defensive reads and execution as an outside back absolutely fits into a 13's defense. And that's just mm. about that decision-making attacking. I think he does have the attributes. This whole thing of him playing 13 at school and therefore must play Springbok 13 doesn't fly with me. I'm happy to check it out. As things would happen, um, I expected it to for us to get a look in at Canamudia 13. It so happens that he's actually going to play at 13 against the All Blacks this week. 
So we'll get onto that a little bit later. But yeah, the man of the moment, Cannon Moody, I thought there were two players that were exceptional, or three players that were exceptional this weekend. Two of them were, were the backs, was Jesse Creel and Cannon Moody. But Moody has hit test rugby with a big stick. Eh? He's, he's playing some incredible yeah. rugby at the moment. He's a big, big kid. And I mentioned it during the URC. I can't believe how hard he hits. Um, you know, he's kind of taking a, a, a leaf out of Cheson Colby's book, who probably hits harder than him in his half the size. But yeah, Jared, I'll, I'll let you have a chat about our next uh, our next wonder kid. Yeah, um, what what drives me like a bit nuts about him, and it actually reminds me a little bit of uh, Roman Intermac, and it's got nothing to do with their style of play, but just the way that they like trot around the pitch is like, yeah, I'm I'm here to do my thing. Like it's not, he's I haven't seen him look like frantic or flustered or. Like even when something doesn't go his way, he like just sort of brushes it off and he's on to the next thing. Like to have that kind of mentality as like a 19-year-old, like I said, it reminds me of Intermac. It reminds me of um, JP Peterson back when Peterson was coming through. Like that's that's the biggest thing for me and why I'm not too stressed about him um, having a go at 13 at this, at this age. And he's like... We look at his debut last year against Australia where he just plucked out that uh, ball out of there, trotted along and went and scored. And like he, he didn't even like look flabbergasted or anything. Like he, he was just like happy. Like I'm, this, I've done it now. Like I'm a springbok. Like the, this, is, this is me now. And yeah, he just continues to do that. So I'm, I'm excited to see how he goes at, at 13 against the All Blacks. And I thought he had a great game um, against, who did we play, Wales this weekend. I, I did see one or two um, like errors from him that a 20-year-old 20, 20 international makes. Like he made that one pass from the base where it was a set move and um, he sort of just rushed it and wasn't thinking through. And he threw it like at Jaden Hendricks's ankles and it yeah. wobbled off. Like that was a set move. And we've seen it before that Jaden uh, chills there on the wing of the line-out play. So, so yeah, there's, there's small things like that, but yeah, they can come right. So it's he's he's an exceptional talent. So, yeah, definitely yeah. one for a long time. Hundred test cap book, possibly. And well, yeah, he's uh, he's got the time and he's got the, he's got the skills, and he clearly has the drive. So. Yeah, moving on from that try where he announced himself to Wales. Um, we went on to a relatively controversial penalty try and yellow card. Um, and that was um, put through for um, Moody again. A die comes across and uh, for me, Moody overruns the ball. Die slaps the ball out. He gets binned for that, for an intentional slap uh, hitting the ball out, which is illegal. I also thought that was a little bit iffy. Um, mm. but the penalty try for me was probably de- almost a definite no-no. Like I really didn't see how that would have, how that would have happened. But if you yeah. put all of those things together, yeah, I, I must be honest. I, I haven't seen many South Africans that, are, that think that that was a dead set penalty try either, which is always, which is always nice. So it yeah, came at a terrible I, I, I time for Wells. Foul play, but I don't know if it's uh, like a penalty try yellow card kind of thing. Because you, you can't just slap the ball like that, can you? In no, the, in so the, in that, goal, if um, he's slapping it out, it's a definite yellow. Like, you, yeah. you can't, so it has to be. But the penalty try side of things, I don't think that you can say that 
um, Kanamudi definitely would have scored. The thing is, is that he was there all alone. And you've got to, mm. the person that infringed Dyer, you've got to take him as if he's not in the mix. And he does make contact with the ball. So then you can kind of argue, he did, if he didn't make contact with the ball, would Moody have been able to get it? He would have come in slower or whatever. So yeah, and then after that, Wales just then absolutely capitulated and Jesse Creel scored seconds after with um, mm. where uh, we got the ball, Damien Delaney running out wide, uh, ball sent out wide and he puts a grubber through. I had a look at that. I, I initially thought that the grubber wasn't on. Um, and even though we did get lucky to score, when I rewatched it again, I thought the grubber was the right call because the defender was positioning himself so well in between um, Damien and, mm. and the rest of the players. So I thought the grubber was on. Um, yeah, they made an absolute balls up of it, threw it away, and Jesse Creel, uh, Jesse Creel scored, and that was that took us to half time, which yeah. was twenty four nine, and that's quite something because it was a relatively tight first half. But I mean, those mm. two, those two tries, they'll kill you. That's twelve points. No, exactly. And I, I, I will say, I think you spot on with that. I think um, Tom Rogers uh, had a bit of a tough first half. Um, but his positioning for that uh, specific play forced the the kick through, and um, yeah, then Mason Grady got back a while to get uh, that to to get the actual ball, and Jason Colby's tackle was just f- phenomenal, and yeah, I, I think that was really really unlucky. Um, and I do, I do want to go back to that to that uh, Kaden Mooney try, and just can we talk about Akia Snayman and going full Fijian? And showboat him like that. He's, he's gone like, for a no look back behind the behind the back pass, and, like, and then nah, he swung nah, it around, nah. and then popped it to Jaden. I was like, "What?" Yeah. And um, the, the thing that like really impressed me, Jaden, uh, Jaden laid down a marker this weekend. And yes, it's very easy to to lay down a marker as a scrum half when your you, when your pack is firing the way that it uh, it was on Saturday, and like. He he was served on a silver platter and like his food was cut up for him and fed to him and like he really did have that. But when you get it like that, it's very easy to um like get erratic and try score off of every single play. And he didn't do that. Like he took he played every single phase on its merit and like that calm pass to um back into Malcolm Marks before Marks ran over Williams, like that for me was fantastic. And then the the penalty try, he gets a he gets a shot from Billy Larue who wraps around before he puts that kick in, and he also threads through a small little gap between the referee and uh, one of the other Springboks. Gets a perfect pass to Billy, and Billy puts that kick in. So for me, he he had a really really good game. Um, that runaway try that you just mentioned, it all came off of a box kick from him in the twenty two that the Springboks managed to regather. He again put in another great pass to Marnie who got it out to Damien. So yeah, you a nice little touches and stuff that can often just go like unnoticed. Hmm. So that wrapped up the first half. Now, a couple hmm. of things for the first half, and I'll get on to Khaleesi at the end, but uh super impressed with our with our back line. Um I thought Damien Delendi had it had a had a very good game. Um, possibly on that first run, the option of heading inside was not on, but I didn't see if there were numbers outside. I didn't think they were like glaringly obvious, but he's very good at not being isolated. Maybe like a lot of people don't want him to be so conservative, but uh, you very seldom lose the ball when he's carrying. Um, Jesse Krill, we'll talk about him a little later yeah, as yeah. well. What an, what an unbelievable game. But 
Chase and Colby had a brilliant game. And I just want to say, it seems to me like he's, he's just hasn't recovered fully from all those little injuries he's picked up this season because he, and, and on top of that, he was just in the wars. But my that man, that guy, yo, that, that, oof, that looked horrible, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then that run after the tap and go, when he was tackled, I also thought something went on there. Then, oh, there was so much. He just kept picking up knocks, but flip he's a lot of people were saying that he, well, they actually haven't really been calling for his, for his head. It's always been my pimpy, but mm. like he was at one stage with injuries and stuff in doubts of, of, of making the, the, the group and all that it was all depending on how fit he was. But I, I've saw, I've seen more value, so much extra value that he brings lately um, this season mm. because his, his defense is incredible. He tackles, he tackles hard. He tackles well. He makes excellent decisions. He's probably one of our best decision makers um, in the outside backs on defense. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to say he's actually the best. Him and Mapimpi are by far the leaders in that. And, you know, for Colby to shift over to the left wing where he doesn't really play a lot. Um, and obviously, you know, I was just super impressed with him. But Captain Khaleesi, mm. back, back. Back like he was someone someone made a joke on Saturday. Like they're like, oh, the way Khaleesi's been playing, he hasn't been injured. It's all been a ruse by the Springbok coaching coaching guys saying that he's been injured and out just to get the team up and bond everyone together. I'm like, <laughs> yes, that is risky as. But wow, he when he played on Saturday, it was like, hang on a second. This is literally exactly the way you were playing for the Springboks in November last year and again and against the Lions, like just absolutely dominating everything. Yo. Like he he, he hit form. Like I, I remember everyone was talking about like he, he's not at his hundred percent best, whatever, whatever. And then he hit form. Uh, I can't remember who the Sharks played before Munster, but he hit form in that game and then was killing it against Munster. And then all of a sudden, like that fucking injury hit. I was like, shit, like that's, that's cuck timing. And he, he's just come back and he's like, yeah, you remember that form? Yeah, it's still here. Like that, that injury time, it didn't like mess my form up. It just mean, meant I couldn't run properly. I've still got the form, which I thought was great. <laughs> yeah. like, the, the other comment that I saw today is that, uh, no, Sia wasn't recovering. He was getting upgrades, which, <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. That's, uh, we must go. We can stick with that. His upgrades are working fine. They're probably just yeah. fine-tuning them this week. I mean, he's playing again this, this Friday against the All Blacks. So, yeah. I, I was so happy when he made halftime, and I was just inside. I was like, mm. please don't come out for the second half. Please, please, please. I, Which he did. I, I so did he got that. 40 minutes in, and yo. Jacques did say that uh, he, he, the medical staff said there was a hard stop at 40 minutes for him. Um, but I, I did see in the last um, couple of minutes or so in the game uh, of the first half, he made that um, he made that clear out, and then that tackle, a uh, clear out on Hardy, and then he made the next tackle. Oh, that and it was on again. It, yeah, it was, it was like right after that, he looked gassed, and I was like, okay, no, the, this man, like he, he's done. Like I, I like I wasn't being like I'm seeing terrible about it, but. Like the Springbok coaches are very hot on that. When they done their job, you bring them off and he's done. Yes. And like for me, Sia probably could have come out, had his little 10 minute break, come out and played another 20 minutes. But 
we will see more of him this weekend. And if he came back out, he probably wouldn't have played this coming Friday because, I mean, it's a six-day turnaround. So it's a bit more, we get a little bit more Rugby World Cup vibes with a quick turnaround, auto opposition, that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I yeah. Think but oh, he, he really was. It was it was all action. It was all all we know about Sia. Like he he, he cleared out South Africa's rucks well. He carried like a beast. Like every single time, two three tacklers drawn in because of his carries. The offload to um, Marks was just phenomenal. And yeah, bastards. It didn't look like a step off off the pace at all. No, no, no. I want to. I want to chat. I'm not going to go through the second half um, play by play. Um, we most people saw the the highlights of that and and the full game. There's one thing I want to chat about. I want to chat about the Damien Willemser incident, and then I want to go mm. into your player ratings that you put up on on Planet Rugby. Um, Willemser, what do you like that? So. My take on that, I'm, I'm, I was worried that he would get cited. So we've now passed that period, um, that, that, that sort of waiting period where you're allowed to cite people. I thought he might get cited because everyone was saying, oh, it's never a red card. I hate to break it to everyone, but the law states that that, would have been a red, that is a red card. It started at a red. When it was head to contact like that, it started at a red and it was mitigated down. But mm. I'm, there's two things I was worried about is him being cited. The other was I was very worried about him picking up a serious injury. Like that's mm. like broken jaw um, sort of eye socket territory. And I mm. was super bummed because I then got thinking about Willemser not being in the squad and that could be one of our biggest losses for the role that he plays. We don't have, we don't have one single person that can replace him. We'd have to replace no. him with two players because he mm. – he changes our, our 6-2 bench on, on big game day. He changes um, the fly half options. He changes the 15 options. He changes everything. So I was a bit stressed about that. He has been named to start against the All Blacks on Friday. So injuries aside, I think, he, I mean, injury doesn't seem to be that much of a problem, which I'm super happy about. Your thoughts on, on that whole process, that tackle, the yellow card and everything? I, I think they came to the right decision and obviously I had to tweet saying about it because uh, <laughs> and a lot of English uh, fans thought I was just being like controversial or like just sticking to my guns that I'm just out for the Owen Farrell and uh, Johnny Sexton witch hunt. But uh, I, I think the officials got it right and I said it before the TMO didn't, uh, before the TMO gave his decision. The big difference with him is that, yes, he got his tackle wrong like Owen Farrell did, um, like Billy Villapona did. But he, there was a lot of mitigation in the sense that there was already a tackle being made. The heart was dropped both by both the tackle, tackled player and the tackler, i.e. Willemser. So that's, that's where it sticks for me, is that there was mitigation. And I, th- I think they got the right call. Um, could it have been a red card on another day? Uh, I think it may have been, but I think that would have been the wrong decision. And like I say, he he was bent at the knees. The player was falling already. It's a nasty incident, a really nasty one. It didn't look nice for either player, but I, th- I think they got the right call. Hmm. Yeah. Very, whew, it was nervous times for everyone all around. Like no one likes to see that. Both of them took an absolute clattering. So just worried about that. Okay, let's go to your player ratings. So yeah. <laughs> I'll let you give a little bit of a rundown of everything. I'll go through the front row. So Stephen Kitsoff, you gave a seven. 
Malcolm Marks, you gave an eight. Francis Malherbe, a seven. I don't think we can complain too much about that. Um, mm-hmm. They pretty much um, dominated. Like, yeah, I, really I, 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 I did mark uh, Kitts and uh, France down because of uh, penalties conceded in the open play. Um, but Tough. yeah, it, 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 I, I didn't want to get too eh? carried away with too many eights. <laughs> and I, I, I purposely didn't give away any nines in this game purely based on um, that we were playing opposition that we should have beaten quite comfortably. So yeah, that's, that, that's sort of a, a little caveat to how my thinking was. Okay, two unsung heroes and players that a lot of the Munster fans would love to have seen playing together. We got to see Achis Neumann and Jean Klein start for the Springboks, and what a start and what a game by mm. both of them. Um, Klein with a lineout steal, I, I saw a tweet saying that he's got two lineout steals this this season. That's more than any mm. other, um, than any other, or more than the rest of the Springboks combined. But yeah, you gave them both a seven as well. I thought they had a very, very good outing. I'm, I think, still just inherently worried about Snayman. So the whole time I was watching him play was <laughs> in awe, but also stressing about him. But yeah, Jean Klein, incredible player. And I'm, yeah. I think deep down that there's a bit of the, the Irish coaching staff, all of them, that are secretly saying, this could hurt us somewhere or we could really yeah. use him. So it could hurt against them when we play them. But I really feel that I don't see in many sides that could do without a player of his caliber, like doing that work that he does. Cause they don't really have anyone doing what he does, but mm. man, what an unbelievable performance by a lock pairing. Eh? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I, I said after, after my second watch that I could have probably bumped both of them up a, operating um but i i i joe mccarthy's performance uh for ireland this weekend probably offset the the blow of clan um he'll yeah. probably be included in the ireland squad he had a great game um but i i think equally jean clan had a phenomenal game like i was speaking to to the loose heads on twitter um now so i just sent him a message and i said he's an animal like he he really is an animal and Every game that he plays for the Springboks, I, I, I love him more and more. Like when he signed for Munster, uh, and you can uh, back me up on this one, Sean, we've, we've been singing his praises when he got called up to Ireland. We were like, it's a great call from Ireland. Um, and he, he's reproducing that form for, for the Springboks, which is great. Um, there's still one or two issues on his lineouts that it's, it's not 100%, but it's still, again, like I said, after the Argentina game, it's just, it's just getting the rhythm with the rest of the players and getting the timing right with those guys. And then it's fantastic. He stopped one of Wales as more fantastically. Sure. It, it, it was, he was a menace at the all time. And he, the, with this, we've, we've also spoken about it. The Springboks are all momentum based and gaining momentum, stopping momentum. And he's very much that player. There, there was that and there was another choke tackle that he did both of those stopping wells dead in their tracks and having him be him and Akhes Neyman behind your props. Oof, please, man. That's a, <laughs> that's a front row's dream. Front row's dream. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big humans. Okay. Lucy's, um, see a Khaleesi eight. Uh, I'll just mm-hmm. read your, your caption of him. I mean, there's not much more we can say, but after his miraculous comeback, the Springbok skipper 
produced a stellar 40-minute shift 119 days after he sustained a setback. His offload to Malcolm Marks for the opening try set the tone for his performance, which included some great carries, great cover tackles, and good breakdown work. Pretty much sums him up well. Mm. Anything more you want to add to that, or can I move on? I mean, we've no, always got to add on to just here. Yeah. Ah. It was just um, a passionate. It was just a passionate performance. It was just a Siakusi yes. trademark, and that's all it was. Yeah. Unbelievable. I also saw someone uh, someone tweet on the weekend. I can't remember the exact wording, but Siakusi is everyone. He's just playing like everyone, everyone's favorite head boy. Mm. Like it mm. was like a school passion performance that like coming no, back exactly. and just, yeah. Okay. Peter Steff to toy eight out of 10. Jasper Vista seven. Uh, Peter Steff having also a lot of people um, trying to get him a lot of the, the social fans trying to get him dropped out of the squad. Just saying he's not up to scratch anymore. If anything we've seen, it takes players time to get back in the groove, especially the spring box. Um, mm. Peter Steftatoy back to his good old self again. Now everyone's calling for him to to start every game and blah, blah, blah. You know, the usual. Um, I also stood the pot with uh, Peter this this weekend with the uh, Marjuan Smith comparison. Yes. So, and he's now getting John Smith um, comparisons, which can't really be argued, if you're honest. Um, so Oof. different generations will argue different things, but yeah. uh, <laughs> they, you, you can't... You can't deny that both of them are absolute world-class. Let's talk a little bit about Jasper Visser. I think for me, he's not been the Jasper Visser of 2021, but I don't think that he, he's not, but like it's the same as like Peter Steph to toy. When Peter Steph to toy doesn't have a Peter Steph to toy game, he still has an everyone else's eight out of 10 kind of a game. And I think Jasper Visser is getting to that stage. Like, I don't think he made many glaring errors i thought he did his job that one carry that got the ball ripped but other than that i thought he was okay but it's not the jasper visser that we're used to and it's also being compared to a Dwayne from who's rejuvenated and absolutely cooking at the moment yeah yeah listen that guy still doesn't have a reverse gear hey like every <laughs> single contact that he goes into there's there's only one winner in the contact and it's him um whether it's on defense or attack but he, he's he's having little silly errors and He's not quite as don, uh, dominant on um, w- with the ball in hand as he as he has been in recent times. So, yeah, for for, for me, uh, I think I was very kind in giving him a seven. I would have dropped it uh, to a six on my second watch. Um, he's he's doing well, but it's not. Uh, it's it's he's not back at his best yet, and I think a lot of it also has to do with the amount of rugby he's stacked up. Like. He's been playing nonstop since he left the Cheetahs. Like uh, he hasn't had a full preseason or anything since then, mm-hmm. which is mad to think. Like a lot of the Springboks haven't, but he's he's been full on. Mm-hmm. Okay, on to the backs. Jaden Hendricks, uh, seven. Um, Manny Lebok, an eight. I personally thought Jaden could probably have moved up mm. a touch there. Um, yeah. I thought yeah. he was very, very good um, and it was great. Also, his first game back. There were three guys they were really focused on was was Sia, Jaden, and Ox. Um, but yeah, Jaden's first game back, the way he managed things, I thought he could have done done better better than a seven. And Manny, as I mentioned earlier, I thought he could have maybe gone down to seven and a half, but pretty decent. I thought our halfbacks played pretty well together mm. as a pair. I agree. I'll go through midfield first. Um, Damien Delendi, seven, Jesse Krill, eight. I would have given Jesse a nine. Honestly, you said you weren't going to give anyone nines. I thought, I don't think, I honestly don't think he did anything wrong. 
He did everything right. He did everything hard and fast, communicated well. And yeah, I would have given him a, a nine. But yeah, very, very impressive with our midfield. I mean, there's no real doubting that that is our first choice center pairing mm. uh, as we speak now. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like Andre Essa, isn't he? He's going to throw down the gauntlets again on, on Friday and uh, we'll probably open up the conversation again just because it's it's a form-based thing. But uh, Damien's just... And it needs to happen so, as well. He's so we can reliable. talk about it if guys are performing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it, Damien's so reliable and he, like, he was really good. Like yeah, Damien can, can be that guy that like he, he's just in the background and he's just... He's doing his stuff to make everyone else look great, but he can also be that guy that I'm the man. Like when we played against uh, Wales in the semi-final and he scored that try, he was the man for that game. Like he was yeah, yeah. the smart game. Yeah. And this weekend we saw that. Like he made he made uh, Jesse look fantastic. Like it, it, part of it was down to how he played. And yeah, the, he also had another bullet pass. He there was that one attack where uh, he came off of Marnie's shoulder and got the ball in space from Marnie and then they did the same thing and he sent Jesse Creole and he timed his pass perfectly. Never mind his breakdown work and his carries and that kind of thing. Like it, it's it's very easy to look at an experienced pairing like them coming up against those two guys that have just come out of school playing for Wales and yeah. say, like, you should boss these two, like you should hammer them into the ground there's a difference between saying you're going to do it and actually doing it and the two of them they did it yeah 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 good a good outing um the back three Chesson colby a seven i will say straight up i don't agree with that um can a moody an eight uh eight and a half eight eight and a half i would have gone quite like that and philly larue a seven anything else you want to give there anyone you want to shift on that no, I, I think I'm pretty happy with those. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it there. I'm pretty happy with him. Uh, like, a, Vili was probably heading towards eight and nine before he got taken off. So, yeah, and he was shouting instructions from the from the side of the pitch as well with Rusty pulling out his cones. I don't know if you saw that. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> AP tweeted it. And there's like... Rusty sitting over the cone, and you know, <laughs> as a South African, you know straight up there's that's communication. That's not like yeah. let me see if I can see the sun through this thing. No, none of that cut. <laughs> there's no sun there. There's no sun in Wales. That was communication, and it was to Jesse as well, eh? Vili yeah. was talking to Jesse. Yeah, flipper. I love that. Uh, what part of the game was that on? Do you know, Viney Johns? I've, I've got no idea. I, it, it, it was a stall photo, so unfortunately, I don't know. But yeah. it, it was fantastic. Oh, man. It, it was oh, also funny brilliant. that, like, I, I watching the game and they're like, no, Rassie's in the stadium somewhere. And, like, they're showing the coach's <laughs> box and they're panning all the coach's box. And, no, he's not there. <laughs> you can see the man sitting there on the sidelines, big smile on his face. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, wrapping that up, I thought it was a it was a great performance by the Springboks. I think that it's a genius move by our coaching staff and and the powers that be to have us play our final two games against Wales and New Zealand before we play mm. what is essentially a must-win game for us against Scotland. Um yeah. and I think it's brilliant. I I think we probably expected more from Wales in that and especially judging by our mindset about how we kicked on and scored 50 points 
um, that mindset was there. We expected more from Wales, like a hard grind. They're going to ask questions of you when they play their, their when they play their Springbok rugby against us. And mm. now we're going to play the All Blacks. They ask us different questions. I think if you look at those two from above, and you look at what Wales bring on a good day and what the All Blacks bring on a good day, but how that will change our game and answer questions for ourselves ahead of Scotland, I think it's genius. I think it's a, an unbelievable move. But yeah, that, that was that. I thought the Springboks played exceptionally well. Before I close off and jump onto the Ireland-England game, is there anything you want to say in closing on the box? Yeah, I, I think it was a great game, uh, great performance. Um, there were points like our, uh, our aerial bombs that we weren't sorting out and like it's places where other teams could hurt us. But it was nice to see the pack uh, like kicking up a few gears, turning on the heats on the Walsh. So, so yeah, I, I think there were a few learnings to take from that game. And one of the big things Shark said afterwards is we have to get better. And it wasn't just like paying lip service that uh, 50 points one is not good enough against Wales or anything like that. He even said afterwards, no disrespect to Wales. This is an inexperienced side. We should have put them away and we did. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think we do need to take the results with a little pinch of salt. It's great to, uh, we should applaud the team for their performance and celebrate it, but you do, you do need to take it with a pinch of salt. 100%. Okay. Ireland, England. So, <laughs> I mean, there's well. really only one thing to talk about here. Um, two things. Ireland beat England. There's no surprise there, if, if, if we're honest. But yeah. Billy Vinopola has... Ah! <laughs> oh, this is my favorite guy. I was going to get there. I would have got through there, but this was sitting top of my head. But I totally should have mentioned him. Keith Earls playing his 100th game for Ireland. Still, I believe, robbed as being one of the best 13s for Ireland ever, right behind Bod. Um, I thought Ooh, he would have made to, any- You had to put the little disclaimer in there and not stick to your gun, Sean. Come on. <laughs> Matt, I think, I think that Keith Earls could have been one of Ireland's best ever 13s. He's different to Brian Driscoll. He's more yeah, like yeah. A, a... But I, I just think I'm so... I, I, I think about it often. Eh? I'm like, oh, I just wish he played 13 more. I really <laughs> thought he missed out on that. And he started as a, a more as a center and they moved him to wing yeah. or like he played, he dabbled a bit there. But to make 100, 100 appearances for Ireland, I'm oh, so pumped. What an amazing guy. There. Jared, please have your say on Ireland's yep. greatest ever 13. Yeah, I, I, uh, I thought it was brilliant. It, it, he, he deserved it so much to score. Like, that, that's all it was. And, like, what a finish. He, he, Loved it. he did it in style as well. It, it wasn't just the finish. Like, that pass from Bundy was phenomenal. Like, I heard there was still some Irish pundits saying, no, it was actually a bad pass by Bundy. And, like, we need a 12 that can pass. And I was like, no, that, that was an unbelievable pass. Did they pass. seriously say that? Yeah, there so was some. I, yeah, I you know how it goes. Bundy doesn't you. play for Leinster. He doesn't play for Leinster, so he, yes. he's not as good as Robbie Henshaw, yeah. and doesn't throw bullets yes. as good as Robbie Henshaw. And so it's fact that pass. I actually had a look at it because Keith Ells had to jump up and stretch for it, and I thought, yes, that's not a great pass. And when I had a look at it, he had to do that in order to beat to loop mm. beat the player, um, yeah. one of the defenders. It, it had to happen. Um, if it if it went softer. Um, the defense would have got to him. 
it had to get there fast and high. That was just the only way. I, I think they, it was they probably a could have fast, done. Great they probably could there. have drawn and passed, but then it probably would have been a try for the whoever was inside of Earls. But like for the points of it, we were trying to get Keith Earls to score, so <laughs> it worked. It had to be like that for it to work that time. So <laughs> that's how I see it. But Earls, the way he accelerated from catching it like that, uh, the catch by itself was great, and then accelerating, showing that he still got that pace and the dive in the corner and. Just see, I I don't know how that stadium is still together. Like I just thought the noise would have made it explode at the same time. Yes. Like, yeah, I, and I saw some celebrating of the, the way they did shows exactly what a, a human being he is. There, yeah, yeah. I mean, they even spoke to Peter Omani, the war god, before before the game, and he even was choking up and talking about Keith Earls and how big of an occasion it was for him. So it's it's always amazing to see a player that's uh, so well loved by the public and by the players and that like just getting his moments in the sun yes and he totally deserves it still yeah. trending on twitter i believe um okay now onto the thing that has been sitting there for me <laughs> <laughs> billy vinopola red carded absolutely clattered into porter shoulder there's someone tried to convince uh, that there was a rap there, like with the still shot and no. So England legitimately, so they find out on Tuesday what the story is with Owen Farrell because he's World Rugby have appealed the, that non-ban and um, mm. Billy Vunapolo. So there's a reality that England are going to the World Cup without two very important parts of their spine. Now, whether Billy Vunapolo is important or not is in, in a, probably more an opinion-based thing. He hasn't really been performing how everyone remembers rubbish, yeah. but england really do need a big eight um or they need a, a different type of eight to what they've An been eight. trying at the moment and i think that's kind mm. of what where the problem lies but jared six weeks 12 weeks six mitigated down to three first time he got red carded what's your thoughts on that yeah i think it's probably six mitigated down to three um i don't see how they can get away with this one. I think uh, the disciplinary panel will be too scared to to uh, give this yeah. one off. Um, it, it, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I've, I've put it out on Twitter. So uh, I, I think Funapolo is past it. I really am. And I'm happy to eat my words later on this if, if need be. But I think he's past it. He hasn't shown much at all in his two performances. Like... He looks lazy. He looks. Uh, he doesn't look as domineering with ball in hand. He's not racking up big tackles either. Um, he, yeah, he just he just looks past it to me, and he looks. Uh, Borthwick says that he's getting messages from the SNC, which is uh, Alex. Um, is it Alan or Alan Waters? Alan Waters, the guy that Alan Waters. Thank you, Alan. Walters, Sorry about that. Listen, he, he worked with the Springboks. Springbok world champion. I eh? know. I know he's a world champion, but he, he's getting told that he hasn't, uh, Billy's in top-notch form and fitness and that it just doesn't look like it. Like that tackle to me is a tired back rower that's unfit and he's making a, a lazy tackle like that. It's much like Taniela Tupo against, um, was it, it was against the All Blacks when he, yes, or against All Argentina. Blacks. All Blacks, when he, when he got sent off for a yellow card because of a lazy tackle when he was actually injured. And to me, it looked like that as well. It, there was no attempt at a wrap. It was a lazy tackle and he was trying to put a big shot in. And 
he deserves a ban. And poor Andrew Porter's uh, face must be stuffed, hey, because he, he was also on the end of that Brady Retallick, uh, uh one as well, that Brady Retallick tackle. So <laughs> the poor man. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. So, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I think England are better off. Um, I, I put it out there and saying Zach Mercer, uh, Don Brunt, and Tom Zach's Willis are all better off. And people are like, oh, no, what does Alex offer that uh, Bully Vinopola doesn't? Well, at least Alex is going to run around the field for a full 80 minutes and not get tired off the 50. Like, Vinopola is not offering anything for me. Like, I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not an England supporter or anything, and it sounds like I'm England sports again, like, so annoyed by it. But, like, come on. Like, you can't put it down to, like, cap experience because there's so many caps in that England team, like, you know, you don't need the, the uh, an experience number eight just for his his cap tally. Like, go for someone like Mercer. I go for someone need, like Don Brunt. Go for Willis. I think you need an, a big eight, though. I think that's where England are in a bit of problems. Is I I feel that they need that big hard carrying eight. Well, look, uh, all the all the eights that are currently in in their mix. Well. Uh, New Zealand yes, get away with Adi Severe. They've planned and tightened up everywhere else. So and Adi Severe. No, I'm. I, yeah, so I'm play just, Lewis Ludlam there. The thing is, is do they have the personnel to cover those gaps? Firstly, I don't know. The thing is, is I think that all the other eights that are in the mix for England are all too loose. So you'll see guys being put there that are being playing out of their natural game, the game that made them hmm. do so well. So. Yeah, um, but so that's my thing, and I I think I don't think Billy Billy is past it, but I agree with you in terms of the fitness wise is a little bit iffy. He has he has been coming back from injury, so he probably just needs more games, which is not going to happen right now um, because he's going to get banned. But um, you know, the other thing is that someone else was also talking. Listen, everyone wants to kick England, and even the English fans want to kick England. You always want to kick a team when they're down. So you're always like, oh, look at how they're walking. Look, they're not wanting this. They're not this. The, the desire's gone, blah, 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 all that usual stuff. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But it's really difficult to look at England and go, they can pull out of this for the World Cup. It really doesn't look like they can. And without the option of Vunipola, like mm. whether he plays or not, without the option of him and without the option of Farrell, I think they're really in shit. Billy's probably going to get two weeks because, as you say, he'll get mitigated down to three, and then he still gets tackle school, though. So it's still available to him. So he'll miss two games. So Farrell, I yeah. think, is in for six weeks. Um, so, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. We must say we, we're, we're recording this on the Monday, yes. and the decisions are coming out on Tuesday. Um, yeah, the, the the way I see it as well is is Funipola going to be a player for England after the World Cup? Probably not, because they're going to start looking well, at, is, the, at the next one. So is Dwayne Vermeulen going to be part of the 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 World Cup of Springboks after the World Cup? No, no. Does that mean we but, leave him behind? No, 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 no. Because he's an important player. I don't, I don't see Funipola as an important player to to England. They can play Laws at Blantyre. They get uh, Tom Curry back. Play Tom Curry at number eight, and they've got the same setup um, with Jack Willis. So I don't have Laws a problem with that. Tom Curry as New Zealand do have with. Ar- I don't yeah. have an issue with that. Yeah. Uh, the you thing see, is, that's, is, that's is Curry hasn't Curry really eight. dominated at eight. 
I would like him to play more at eight because I think he can do it. Yeah, but he also didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He he also didn't play with uh, um, Jack Willis at uh, yeah. on the side. So you see what I mean? Like he, he it's double jobbing. Now yeah. he doesn't have to double job. He can focus well, on eight. Well, let's let's wait and see. Okay, now that we've wrapped up the England English demise, Ireland are still looking comfortable and good. I do think that there are cracks there. Having said that, I think there are cracks everywhere. I think France are showing they've got a few cracks. Mm. Um, obviously injuries have hurt people and stuff, but yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see your thoughts on, on Ireland. Do you reckon they're going to go, they still got a massive shot to go all the way or is it just too much for them, especially considering the group they're in? Yeah, I don't know about all the way. I, I think they'll go into the semis for the first time. I, I, I think it's, it's highly possible. They've got the kind of players and the setup that's going to get them there. And I think you can't really look too much into that game against England because I don't think they even got out of second gear, to mm. be honest. Uh, yeah. It was just getting the job done, getting the minutes in, getting the reps in without giving too much away. And uh, I, I, I really do think that like, it was just job done, winning the bag, um, give someone like Pendergrass an uh, opportunity to, to prove himself and nail down a, a spot in the squad, which I think he made a pretty good fist of. Um, and yeah, the the rest of it was just going through the motions and they beat them by 19 points. And I think that's, it. it's a very nice scoreline for England. I think it could yeah. have been much uglier. Okay. Wrapping up the weekend, let's start looking ahead. So the weekend gets kick-started with an unbelievable clash. One of the greatest rivalries in world rugby. <laughs> The Springboks and the All Blacks are facing off at Twickenham on Friday um, as things get underway. The books have announced their squad, um, which is amazing. We hardly ever get to record once the Springboks have announced. But just to run you through, Jared, I'll just get a, a, a brief brief feedback from you um, as we get through. So front row, all the same. Kits off Marks Malhaba. New lock pairing of Etzebeth and Mostert. Yep, uh, I think it had to happen. Plain and simple. We just needed to get that a look at that combination. Yeah, especially after you try to stick most of the way this weekend. It was you or Tyler? I can't remember. Um, Lucy, Sia Lucy back as captain. Peter Seftatoy, Dwayne Vermeulen. Um, interestingly enough, Dwayne Vermeulen is only playing his seventieth Springbok game. I really thought he had more. Yeah, Peter Steffi has I more. Was... Peter Steffi is yes, only in his seventy-first. <laughs> yes, he's he's one ahead. I, I was very surprised by that. Okay, our halfback pairing, Faf de Klerk, Manny Lebok. Very interesting. Um, I thought we'd work a couple of other guys, but yeah, is what it is. I have no problems with it. Um, yeah, we've got uh, four scrum halves. All of them have to play at some stage. <laughs> as I said, as I said, very interesting. I would have changed it. I thought in my head, well, <laughs> we've really got it. We are rotating the squad. <laughs> we've got yeah. two new scrum halves playing. Um, our back so three is Makazulama. Yeah, what? Yeah, uh, this weekend, Sia, Peter Steph, and Vermeulen go ahead of Juwan Smith, Skulkberger, and PSP as a starting test combo. Oh, awesome, man. Awesome. We, yeah. uh, we actually did a, we, uh, on Rugby Bits, we did a, a head-to-head on the most, combi- uh, most combinations or capped combinations teams, the first and second. So, yeah, that's flipping awesome. Um, they'll stick together for a lot of the tests, I think, 
Vermeulen mm. and Visser will be fighting out for that eight. But other than that, we <clears throat> are going to be uh, business as usual. Our back three, Makazolo Mapimpi back at 11. Kirtley Aronser onto the right wing. And Damien Willemser starts at 15. Very interesting. We've got a, like, a lot of changes happening there. But the big talking yeah. points all around are midfield and specifically our 13. Andre Estazen starts at 12 and Cannon Moody starts at 13. Seventh cap, or his eighth cap, um, first time against the All Blacks, both of them actually. Um, but he starts in his first game for the Springboks in the 13 jumper. Um, yeah, well, what an unbelievable story he's had the last uh, last couple of years. Yeah, it, it really is. And like I say, um, he's a player that doesn't seem to get... Uh bogged down by the big occasion and this is his biggest one if, if you think about it like the Springboks and All Blacks have only played once at Twickenham in their entire history and it was that loss in the 2015 World Cup 2015 this is only we this lost by two, eh? yeah 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 so this is the second time and yes it is a warm-up game but like when when is an All Black uh, Springbok game ever friendly or ever warm up or anything like that? It's a rivalry. Like the you see Real Madrid and Barcelona. If you're gonna take it back to football, it's like the old Clasico. There's never like a dull match. Like it's it's always a fierce battle, and this is right up there with them. So so yeah, he's given arguably the biggest stage outside of a World Cup that you could probably possibly get playing the old enemy playing out well we would say out of position but i think this is his first professional game at 13 which is unbelievable Definitely. and it's he, he it, it shows for, the confidence they have in cup. Mm. yeah he might have played curry cup but he hasn't played for for um the bulls um yeah and he's going to be facing up against either rico Ioani or anton leonard brown the way i look at things is probably going to be rico um, seeing yeah, the second and the third best are... 13s in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. So the um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> there we go. Um, so yeah, the way <laughs> the way I'm hearing murmurings that the All Blacks are going to name a um a pretty full on side. To to be fair, South Africa and All Blacks have a pretty solid first up game in 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 the World Cup. More important for Springboks to win against Scotland than it is for the All Blacks to win against France, I believe. Yeah, moving mm. on to the bench. Bongo Banami, Oxen Chair, Trevor Nyakane. Trevor Nyakane makes, uh, makes a return. Uh, <laughs> two locks on the bench, Jean Klein and Achilles Neyman. Marco van Staden, and we go to 6 2 with Kobus Reinach and Billy LaRue. Yeah, like I tell you, I'm absolutely blown away that we are able to name such two. What? Excuse me, my English struggle there. Two contrasting, very different, and and like hugely uh, like different focus sides in our one Springbok squad. This is not like we've got a massive squad and we've got fringe players that we're drawing in. This is our World Cup squad that we're able to name these two separate sides, and you look at them and go, "Yeah, that's pretty competitive." Hmm. Huh? No, it, it really is great. And um, I had uh, shit man, Sam, uh, Sam talking to me on Twitter and uh, he, he said, no, like 6.50 seems like a good spot to have your Sam Roberts, that is. 7.50 is the, is the perfect spot to like hit for your starting lineup, um, 750 caps. And last week we were at 664. But I mean, I, our pack makes up a, a hell of a lot of that experience. Um, I th- yeah. think not war. 
not one of them have under 60 caps in our pack. Nope. Not one of them. No. And and, and the back line eh? is 155 caps. And I think Willems is the most experienced in the amongst a lot with 50 caps. I think it must be. He, I don't think there's anyone Willems else. Willems is on uh, 32 Fuff, maybe. appearances. Willems is on Fuff. 32. Fuff's on 48. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. It's, My pimpy is it, on 38. Fuff. So, yeah. But. But anyway, that's that's just the way I see it. I think it's uh, I think you're right. It's it's great to have such a nice mix and unbalance and balance within our squads, if that makes sense. Having been able yeah, to no, mix it up brilliant. like that and sort of getting the same pictures, but also different pictures. Like Andre essays and can fill the boots of Damien Darlander and do the tick the jobs off that that he does. But he also brings a little bit same a little bit difference and yeah. It will be interesting to see, right. and I, 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 I am. I also like the fact that uh, Jacques has been um, playing with his wings, naming Kurtley on the left, Kurtley on the right, <laughs> playing Colby it's on the just left, screwing everyone around. And I, the best I is do you can like play Mapimpi and Aronson on the same on the same on the same game. So he's really yeah, gone and yeah. chop and change. The one thing that we've been pretty settled on is that we uh, is our, our left wing, but now that's also changing up now with Colby playing left, but. Mm. Wrapping that up, so we're obviously waiting the All Black squad, just looking ahead at the at the other matches. Um, Spain, Argentina have a go this weekend. Chile and the Argentine 15. And then in the Summer Nations series, England, Fiji, that could be very interesting. Very. <laughs> I'm... Yes. <laughs> England should win. And not just for the CMO bunker. Oh man, they're gonna they better better hire they better hire uh, like a um a, a bomb squad for the bunker that can replace them at halftime. They might need it. <laughs> Scotland, Georgia should be should be good to watch. Italy, Japan. Judging on Italy's form and Jap- Japan's form, Italy should win comfortably. But Japan, uh, yeah, kicking on. Ireland, Samoa. Ireland are in France this week. They're playing that game in France, if I'm not mistaken. This like I saw someone post the thing of the temperatures in France this week for Ireland's training. It's like in the the middle to high thirties and there's two days of 40 and 41 or something stupid. So the Irish are going to be, uh, are going to be red <laughs> lobsters running. <laughs> and then on Sunday, the, probably the game of the weekend, the, the game of the weekends on Friday and Sunday, the Springboks and the All Blacks. And then on Sunday, France, Australia. Now that's hotting up. It's going to be amazing watching a whole bunch of rugby. And then we get to chill on Sunday and then just watch the Eddie Jones carnage, how France are going to deal with, life after uh, life without intermark for a while yeah so that should be a cracking game jared quickly give your predictions um on new zealand south africa south africa that's what i'll say we're gonna win england fiji uh, uh, fiji (laughs) (laughs) Uh, france australia uh I, I, I want to say France. I do want to say France. But Sir Shag is in uh, joined Eddie Jones's coaching staff this week, so so maybe the Aussies can pull a surprise. Well, a draw. yeah, he's. Oh, <laughs> look at that! Look at that! Who's going to pull it though? Are, are, are France going to pull it out the fire and get a draw? Or the Wallabies going to steal answers. steal a draw? I can't give you all the answers, Sean. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. I'm busy marking off my betting slip over here. Jared, my man, we're going to wrap things up. I thought that was that was great fun. I loved chatting. Is there anything, any shout-outs you want to have before we jump off? 
Uh, I've I've completely blanked now that you asked me that. But uh, yeah, just <laughs> shout out to the <laughs> shout out to the Springboks for playing a game in England that uh, I'm like ninety five percent sure I'm going to be at to watch. So so that's going to be cracking. <laughs> oh, my brother's there too. I'm jealous. You guys should look up for a beer. But yeah, um, my man, all the best. Have a great weekend. Looking forward to chatting you to you next week. Um, and to all of the dirt trackers out there, thanks for tuning in yet again. Please um, share the love and please send us feedback on our social channels about what you like and what you want to hear. And we'll catch up with you soon. Enjoy the rugby this week. Take it easy. <laughs>